Don't waste your summer. How's everybody doing this morning? Everybody doing well? It is good to see you here this morning. Great crowd this morning, and, uh, and I'm so glad to spend this day with you. Uh, I hope that you're here uh, to worship God, to, to just uh, fellowship with your faith family, and, and also to hear from the Word of God this morning. Uh, I'm excited about the message here this morning. You know, summer is, is truly a busy time of the year. We have so many camps, and we have retreats, and we have all those kinds of things going on. But before I dive into God's Word this morning, I want to just uh, let you know that we do have two teams that are preparing to go out on missions. We have one team, a smaller team, that's going to be leaving next weekend for Raleigh, North Carolina, to go up and work with Trey Brinson, who is the lead pastor of Restoration Church up there, a new church plant and a sister church of ours. So they're going to be going up there to, to do some outreach stuff with with uh, Trey up there, but we also have a very large team that is going to be uh, leaving Valdosta uh, in two weeks, going to Chicago. We've been talking a lot about uh, our partnership with, with Jamie Thompson up in Chicago. He's, he's a church planner in Garfield Park, uh, one of the most dangerous places uh, in our country, and, uh, and he is doing an amazing work up there. And so I am just so thankful that so many of you have decided to, to take a weekend to go to Chicago, uh, Linnell and I will be there as well. We'll have a lot of people coming from this church to go up there to, to do a community day uh, there and hopefully reach a lot of people with the gospel. So this morning, I just want to say publicly thank you for those of you who are willing to go, and, and not just to these places, but also to our streets and our own community. I know a, a lot of just great things are happening with our community center down in and and uh, the south end of town uh, with the Bubs uh, busted up bicycle ministry and and all the different many ways that we are engaging in our our community here in Valdosta. So I just want to say thank you for being willing to go. Uh, we're going to be talking about that in this series as well in a couple of weeks. But also just to pray for our teams and our missionaries that'll be traveling out uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but let's pray and then we're going to dive into God's word here this morning. Got a, a great message for all of us to be thinking about and considering here this morning. So pray with me if you will. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, God, for your presence in our life. Thank you for your presence during this time where we can collectively gather together as a faith family united through a belief in Jesus Christ, Lord, him being our Savior. And, and Father, I pray that, God, that as we gather in this place today, that our worship God would be pleasing to you. I pray, Father, that as we gather in this place and we think about who you are, I pray, Father, that, that we would be able to place aside every distraction because, God, we are here to worship you. And, Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you, Father, that you are greater than, than all things and all people. I thank you, Father, that you are holy and righteous. I thank you, Father, that, that Lord, you are the Father of grace, the Father of salvation. And that, God, we can have eternal life by your presence in our life. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your son, Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for the work that he accomplished on the cross. We thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit's presence in our life as authentic believers or followers in Christ Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for who you are. And, Lord, this morning as we prepare to dive into your word and and God, continue to study the spiritual disciplines that we're looking at in this series. I pray, Father, that you would, Lord, you would challenge us, that you would stir our hearts. And God, that we would be drawn more and more to who you are. 
Father, we thank you for this time. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, reading the Bible is probably one of the most talked about spiritual disciplines in the church these days. And yet it's probably also one of the most ignored. You know, I, I, I really believe that, that spiritual shallowness is a result of God's people not being disciplined to read His Word. God gives us His Word for a huge reason. The, the Bible is given to us. The gospel is given to us. The good news of Christ is given to us. That we would know who God is. One of the most remarkable things about the Bible is, is being able to study the, the nature of God, the characteristics and His attributes. Really getting to know Him. You know, we can, we can really work up a lot of ideas in our minds about who God is, and the, the danger in that is really being off base when it comes to our ideas about who God is. But the Word of God teaches us exactly who God is. It teaches us the nature of God. It teaches us uh, His characteristics, the character of His very nature. And so we get to know God. We get to know that, that, that He is God the Father, that He is God the Son, that He is God the Holy Spirit. And so we really get to know God through the reading of His Word. But we also get to understand God's plan for humanity. We get to understand our role in this thing called Christianity. We begin to understand that, that God has a purpose and a plan for his word being given to us that we would not only learn who he is, but we would also learn who we are. And as we learn this, we begin to understand the involvement of God in our life and how God is, is very purposefully revealing himself to us that we would be better equipped in following him and so God's word is purposeful it is it is huge scripture teaches us so much scripture prepares us for so much and scripture also protects us from so much I recently was reading the words of one blogger and they said this I, I thought this was interesting the devil doesn't give a hoot if you're a pastor, attend a church, or read your Bible. His main priority is to distract you from praying in Jesus' name and applying, and I think this is interesting, and applying God's work to your life. You see, that's what the devil's about, is distracting you from the things that God would, would be pleased for you to be doing to distract you from believing that Jesus is who saved you, from distracting you to, to, to thinking that God's Word doesn't apply to our life. I love what Wendy Blight, an author and a speaker, once wrote. She said this. She said, Satan has no authority over us, but he hopes that we are too ignorant of Scripture to know it. Protect yourselves. Open up God's Word. And I think what an incredible message to the church these days. That the greatest thing that we could come to understand is the value of God's work to teach and equip and to protect us in this world in which we live. To understand that the, the very hopes of the enemy, the very desires of Satan, is that we would just be too ignorant to know when he's around. We must 
as believers in Christ Jesus, we must engage in the discipline of reading God's word. And it certainly is a discipline. It doesn't come natural to us. But I believe that for every heart that has been radically transformed by the Holy Spirit of God, for every heart that has been shifted from loving the world to loving God, there is also the desire that is placed within us to get to know God and to understand His purpose for our life. And we can only get that from God's Word, the gospel that has been given to us, one of the greatest gifts that God has blessed us with. So this morning we're diving into this next message talking about the reality that we need to pray. And the message is titled, Don't Fail to Study. Don't fail to study. This summer we have a, 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 a very uh, dangerous reality of, if we're not careful, of placing God's Word on a shelf somewhere. It's vacation. It's time to kick off the shoes and put on our flip-flops and just sort of relax for a few months. And if we're not careful, we'll get away from the discipline of reading God's Word. And so this morning we want to talk about let's not do that with our lives. This morning we're looking at 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 12 through 17. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles and I hope you uh, would do that with me this morning, especially since we're talking about reading our Bibles. It might be a good idea to pull out your smartphone or your iPad or if you brought a hard copy of God's Word this morning. And let's open up to this text. I really want you to read this with me this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Starting at verse 12 is where we'll begin this morning. You know, one of the things I love about Paul's letters is, is that they were so instructional. They were so instructional to the church. But here in this letter to Timothy, it was instructional to him, this young pastor. And one of the things that we come to realize about Paul as we read his life, as we read his letters to the churches and to Timothy and to others, we begin to realize that that Paul had basically three priorities in life. The first one was this, that he, he loved God with all of his heart. Paul was a man who, who at first didn't understand Christianity. He was a man who at first just didn't get it. In fact, he was a persecutor of the way. He was, a, he was one who wanted to end Christianity. He wanted to wipe it off the face of the earth. But when he encountered Jesus, all of that changed. When the Holy Spirit of God radically transformed his heart, all of that changed. And he became one who loved Jesus with all of his heart, with all of his soul, and with all of his mind. And, and by far, the first priority in Paul's life was to love God. The second priority that we come to realize about Paul, as we read through all of his letters, is that he took high, he, he, he placed a, a great priority in his life to be a defender of the word, a defender of the gospel. He was one who said, I will stand firmly on the gospel. I will stand firmly rooted in the truth of God's word, the scriptures, the holy writings of God. He said, I am a defender of this. He was constantly fighting against false teaching and always pointing to the truth of Scripture. The third priority is that he was committing his life to ministry. He was always committing his life to ministry. In fact, Paul would say in, in, in his writings, he says, to live is Christ, but to die is gain, meaning that my whole life revolves around how I do ministry in this world. And those are his three priorities. But this text this morning, the text that we're looking at here to, together this morning 
is centered in on the second priority that I just mentioned to you. That is the fact that he was a defender of truth. He was a defender of the gospel. And so this morning, we want to look at this truth. In this passage, Paul is writing him. And you know, Timothy was a bit timid. His personality was, was much different than Paul's. His, his personality was one where he was maybe a bit shy. And, and so Paul sees it necessary to teach Timothy the value of God's word that when he comes against the, the works of the enemy, when he comes against the works of, of humanity's flesh, when he comes against the philosophies of the world, when he comes against all of these things, that young Timothy, even though he may have been timid and shy as a young preacher, that he would be able to stand firmly also as a defender of truth. And so he writes these words. Words that we would be very, it would be very beneficial for us to read and to understand and to embrace in our own lives. So verse 12, 2 Timothy 3. Read with me if you will. Paul says, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evil people and imposters go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue, he says, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from your childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Then he says in verse 16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable, he says, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now Paul starts out here really revealing the reality of his world at that time. But you know, as I read this, I realize that this is very much the reality in the world that we live in. Paul says this as he begins this, this text. He says, he says, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And very much that's a reality in our world today. I know here in the United States, we have the freedom, praise God, to, to worship Jesus in, in our own way, to, to, to gather together in a in a, in a house of worship and to worship Jesus. And, and, and so I praise God for that reality that we can come here and we can gather as a faith family without uh, the, the danger of, of, of losing our life or being stoned in the streets. In many places in our world today, though, that's simply not the case. And what we're seeing is even here in America, Christianity is being attacked from all fronts. And so in some ways, we too find ourselves in a very persecuted way. And so we have this truth that is being revealed to us from back when Paul and Timothy were doing ministry together. We see this truth that all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, and I believe that's important, that's the, that's the center of this statement here, in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It shouldn't come as a shock to us that the media doesn't like Christians. It shouldn't come to a it shouldn't come to a shock to us the the attacks that we read back about every day in the news against Christianity in America. It shouldn't come 
as a shock to us. The truth of God's word reveals that there will be persecution. Now look at what else he says. He says, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And then it says in verse 13, while evil people and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived by evil people. It just seems like today, in the world in which we live in, it just we constantly find ourselves saying, I can't believe the craziness of this world. I can't believe how things are going. But the truth of God's word reveals that it just goes from bad to worse when, when the depravity of man takes over society, when the, when, when the sinful nature of humanity does its thing. Outside of redemption in Christ Jesus, the heart is, is impure. It's, it's, it's seeking worldliness. It's seeking philosophy. It's rejecting truth. But the word of God tells us that this is the reality of the world that we're going to live in. And then he goes on, he says here in verse 14, he continues to, to press upon Timothy the need to understand that Scripture is so important in your life. He presses upon Timothy in verse 14. He says, but as for you, he says this, he says, continue. In other words, stand firm in what you've been taught. Continue. Don't give up. He says, continue in what you have learned. He's talking about what you have learned from the gospel. Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. He reminds Timothy that this is the truth of God's word and this is what you said that you believe about Christ and about your life and about what he has done in your life. So he says, continue in believing this. Continue in what you have learned and being and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, he said, which are able, listen to this, which are able to make you wise. And so he challenges, he challenges this young preacher. When things in this world seem to be out of control, when things in this world seem to be coming against what you believe, you, Timothy, continue to remember the Word of God. Remember the gospel, because the gospel will make you wise. Now, that's not the end of it. He continues on in verse 16 and and 17, and this is really where I want to camp out for a few moments because I believe that this is some of the most, the, the most powerful words for us to understand here today. This morning, what I want to do is offer to you several reasons why we as believers in Christ Jesus should hang on to the gospel of Christ. Several reasons why we as believers in Christ Jesus should firmly hold to that which we read, that gospel message which we heard, that gospel message by which we got saved, the reason that we should hang on to this good news of Christ is because it's so beneficial for us. The Word of God. We cannot, as believers, stop reading it. We cannot as believers in Christ Jesus, 
stop applying it to our lives. These precepts, these truths that we learn, these things that God teaches us through his word, we have to and we must continue to apply them to our life because the world, it just doesn't get any easier. And this is the message that Paul had for Timothy. Here's a few reasons why we need to understand that Scripture is important to us or should be. The first one is this, that Scripture is God's word to us. Scripture is God's word to us. Not TV personalities, not Reader's Digest or even National Geographic, not our magazines, not our bloggers that we follow, not these things, but Scripture is God's word to us. Now, I know we've all heard this, but the reality is I'm not sure how much we understand or accept this. The word of God that is divinely inspired, the scriptures, is God's message to us. It is the word of God. And we live in a world these days where truth seems to be whatever a person wants to believe. We live in a society today where truth is determined by how someone feels that day. And this just simply isn't the case. The Word of God, the Gospel, the, the Bible is the Word of God that has been given to us as a gift. It is, it is uh, the reality that it is God's revelation to man. And this is what we need to understand. It's His Word which has been given to us to read and to understand that we may learn about his nature, that we may understand his character, that we may understand his will for our life. It's God's word. We are sanctified by the Holy Spirit of God after salvation. The Holy Spirit of God filling us and, and sanctifying us and working and moving in our life. But the realities are the wisdom and the understanding of who God is and who we are and what his plan is for our life is not given to us through the form of feelings. It's given to us through the form of the truth of the gospel as we read, as we study, as we, as we pray, as we meditate, as we reflect, and all of those things coming together. That's when the Holy Spirit of God begins to engage in our life and he begins to sanctify we got to be reading God's Word. Unless we're okay in the spiritual shallowness that we may already exist. Matthew Henry says it like this. I love this. He says, The same Spirit that breathed reason into us breathes revelation among us. Yes, God gave you a mind. Yes, he gave you reason. Yes, he equipped you with the, the brain to think. But he also gave us his revelation that we would use that in our reasoning. In this letter to Timothy, Paul says this. He says, all scripture is breathed out by God. Referring to the reality that, that the scriptures came from God. The word of God, the gospel is a gift from God. Peter says it like this. He says, knowing this, 
First of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit of God. And in the same way, men wrote as they were carried along by the Spirit of God. The gospel is God's word to us. Scripture is God's word. And as Christians, we must value God's word above even our own opinions. Even our own opinions. We all have one of those, don't we? Do they line up? Do they align with Scripture? Or do they align with the world? That's what we have to ask ourselves. And maybe the reason they don't align with the, with the Scripture is because we don't know the Scripture. So the biggest challenge to us this morning is understanding that Scripture is God's Word to us. Here's the second thing that we should value about Scripture. That Scripture is the perfect rule for faith and practice. Scripture is the perfect rule. It is the standard that has been given to us that as we practice our faith, as we live out our life, as we engage in our world, that we would understand how we practically do that through the reading of Scripture. God tells us how we are to live our life in a world that doesn't always believe the same things we believe. God's Word teaches us how we can fend off the devil, the enemy, when he comes against us. God's Word teaches us all of these things. God's Word teaches us how to worship God in spirit and truth. God's Word teaches us how to assemble together and collectively just praise Him for who He is. God's Word teaches us all of that. When we find ourselves discouraged, God's word has an answer for that. When we find ourselves in a broken relationship, God's word has an answer for that. God's word encourages us in that. God's word teaches us in that. God's word teaches us how to live our lives and how to get through this life, which can be often so difficult. That's what God's word does for us. In verse 16, Paul says this, All scriptures breathe out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Scripture is the perfect rule for all of these things. It is the standard by which God has set for us that we would understand it. You know, one of the, I believe one of the most saddest things to me is hearing people give an opinion in a conversation, or even reading it on a social media site, and that opinion that they give contradicts completely the Word of God. Seems like it happens a lot these days. Just revealing the spiritual shallowness of many who profess Christ as their Lord and Savior. Well, I believe this. Well, the Word of God says this. Well, I stand on this. Well, the Word of God teaches us to stand on Christ. And it just saddens my heart to hear and to see the things that are said about one's opinions and beliefs when they are in contradiction to God's Word. This is our Christianity today. Shallow. 
Only the word of God is the remedy for that. For our hearts, for hearts that are truly transformed by a holy and righteous God, that heart should be intent on getting to know him and learning what his characteristics are, what his nature is, what his attributes are. If we as believers in Christ Jesus are called to be Christ-like, how are we to ever be Christ-like if we don't even know who Christ is? We must understand the value of God's word. Look at this. I want to show this to you for just a moment. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, it says this. It says, for good news came to us just as to them. In other words, the writer of Hebrews says this, the gospel is given to all of the world. Okay, so it came to us as believers just like it has been given for, the, for those who don't know Christ to also read and to hear and to understand and to embrace Jesus. So the gospel is out there. The gospel is here. But the word of God says this, for the good news came to us just as it came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. In other words, the word of God is teaching us that the gospel message is out there, but there will be some who disagree with the, with the Bible. There will be some who say, you know what, I don't believe that. And then, then there will be others that say, well, this is what the word of God says. And that's why I believe that in our world today, we see such contrast uh, where, 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 where followers of Christ are, are, are screaming from the rooftops one thing, and it seems like the world, the rest of the world, is screaming from the rooftops something else. You see, the reality is understanding the Word of God, understanding the value in the gospel, understanding the truth of the gospel starts with faith in Jesus Christ. You see, the Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit of God, He is the one who is responsible for illuminating the Scriptures. That someone could see that, not just merely as a, as a book, not just merely as, a, as words on a page, but they may see that this is the voice of God speaking into their life. You and I, we can go and hit the streets and we can evangelize day by day by day and we can read the Bible to lost people, but we don't save people. God does. And until the Holy Spirit comes and illuminates the Scripture and reveals to that person that this is truth, that person may never understand the way we understand. You see, as believers in Christ Jesus, for us to understand truth, it begins in this radical transformation that takes place when we come to know Christ, where the Holy Spirit suddenly becomes involved in our life. And for every believer who has authentically been changed by the power of God, and I say authentically because I believe there are a lot of people in this world today that think they're Christians and they are not. I think for the authentic disciple of Jesus, there's a desire in here to know God's word. Why? Because that's where we learn about him. That's where the Holy Spirit is working. That's where the Holy Spirit is revealing in the word of God. We must value it. Jesus came into this earth and he died 
on the cross for the atonement of our sins. He was buried in a borrowed tomb, and in three days he had victory over death when he rose from the grave. And I believe that. I believe that. I believe that I have been saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus, and I believe that God wants to reveal himself to me even more and more each and every day, and I believe that he has given me the word of God that I could apply to my life, that I could learn more about who he is and how I can become more Christ-like. That's what I believe. That's what I hope you believe. The final thing that I wanted to mention here is this, is that Scripture conditions us to be perfectly ready for every good work. In verse 17, this is what Paul says to Timothy. He says, the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Here's what I want to say about this, and and I'm almost done. But for every child of God, let me just ask you this morning, Cross Point Church, how many children of God do we have in here this morning? Anybody love Jesus this morning? How many children of God do we have in here this morning? Here's what the promise of God's word is to us as children of God, is that there will be fulfillment. There will be fulfillment. In other words, God will complete every good work that he begins in us. He will complete that He will complete us. He will do that through sanctification. He will do that through the reading and the preaching of God's word. He will do that by revealing more of himself and filling us with the Holy Spirit of God that we would not be able to go out and service this world for ourselves, for our own ambitions, but that we would be able to go out into this world to do a great work for his kingdom. In verse 17, Paul reminds Timothy of this. He says, for the man of God may be complete, equipped, not to have fun in life, not to be happy, even though I think for the child of God who is doing God's work, there are those things. But he says that you will be complete, that you will be able to do every great work. Philippians 1.6 says it like this. Paul's writing to the Philippians. He's writing to a local body, to the church, and he says this. He says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That is good news for us. You know, I think one of the reasons that I found myself seeking Christ and seeking salvation when I did was that in my life, I felt as though I had no purpose at all. Have you ever felt that way? That's a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer. But you ever feel like you just, you're living this life day by day, you're working for a living to make a paycheck, to pay the bills, and you, you just live your life, and life becomes day after day after day, and it just gets tiresome, and it gets overwhelming, And life just seems to never end. And it's just, you know, it's just routine and it's status quo. And one day you kind of look at yourself in the mirror when you just woke up and you say, why am I here? What purpose do I exist? That's where I found myself years and years ago. 
asking myself as a, as a young man, why am I on this planet? There's got to be more to this life than what I know. As I look back, I can see how God began to engage in my life and how he, through his Holy Spirit, began to illuminate truth to me about who he was and, and the curiosity of all that and in me began to, to desire more of knowing who God was. And one day I pulled into a, a Christian bookstore. This was before they even really had such a thing. And, and a little small town, and I bought a, a copy of God's Word, and, and I took it home, and just like Matt did on the, the thing here, I... I thought there were way too many words on that page. I got to Leviticus, and I was like, I don't understand this one bit. I remember asking somebody one time, I said, man, I don't understand any of that. And they said, David, are you praying before you read? Are you seeking God? Are you asking God to reveal his truth to you? Are you starting in somewhere like John? (laughs) So to be a little easier than Leviticus, just go ahead and put that on hold for a while. You can come back. And I remember just praying and asking God to to reveal whatever I needed to know to help me to be wise, to help me understand the purpose of life. And you know what we were singing about earlier? He's faithful. And he will always be faithful. And he did that to me. He, He revealed the truth of God's word. He revealed the gospel to me to where I could come to an understanding of who Christ was and surrender my life to Him. The Word of God for me ever since that day has been the words of God. I believe in the Bible because as I read it, God speaks to me. This summer, let us not forget one of the greatest disciplines that we must embrace, and that is to continue to study God's Word. In just a moment, we're going to stand and sing, and I just I pray for us as a church that we would, that we would not be a mile wide and an inch deep. It would break my heart that this church is known as that church that is just a bunch of feel-gooders. It would break my heart to know that what we're here for is something else other than authentically seeking after God and understanding how He wants to engage in our life. I would hate to know that we are gathering in this place just because we learned as a child that we were supposed to go to church. I would rather know that we as a faith family are pursuing Christ, that we are chasing after the cross, and that we desire to be discipled and to grow. Because what we long for more than anything is Jesus. That's what my hope and my prayer is. And so this morning as we prepare to to respond, and that's exactly what this last song is really all about. It's a chance for us to respond. Maybe you want to stand up and you want to worship God by singing this song as loud as you can sing, as deeply in your heart as you can. And that's perfectly acceptable this morning. This is about your time with God. 
maybe for you this morning, you want to come to this altar and you want to pray and you want to just sort of put everything that's happening around you sort of out of sight and out of mind that you could come and you could pray that God would, would begin to just, you know, just give you spiritual depth as you study God's word that he would reveal truth. Maybe this morning, that this time of just worshiping together that you want to pray and ask God to to help you grow and mature and to be sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Or maybe this morning you've heard something that has really caught your attention, the reality that Jesus Christ went to the cross and he went to that cross to die a horrible death for the atonement of your sins. And that he was buried in a tomb and in three days he had victory over death when he was resurrected from the grave, that he rose from the grave and that today he lives. And maybe today you finally have begun to believe that truth about Christ because he has revealed that truth to you. And today the greatest response that you could have would be to turn to someone or come to one of our pastors or come to this altar and just praise God for what he's doing in your heart. In just a moment, let us pray together, and then you respond however God is leading. Let us worship him. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, God, that it speaks truth into our life and that all we have to do is to be faithful and listening, reading, studying. God, we know that you will help us in understanding. Father, help us to place aside our opinions, to place aside our flesh, to place aside what other people may even say about your word or write about your word or preach about your word. God, help us to be faithful in going to your word and simply reading the scriptures and studying. God, maybe even studying with others within our life circles, being discipled by someone who is capable of discipleship. Father, I pray that, God, we would be intentional as the people of God in saying this morning, in declaring to ourselves that, God, we want to grow. We want to mature. We want to be sanctified by your Spirit and by your involvement in our life. We love you, and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen.